Hey guys, I'm Chris. I'm Anthony. And I'm Sheila. And we're these motors. Welcome to episode two of the Deescast podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the winter, winter wonderland. wonderland. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Awesome. Amazing. So what does winter wonderland mean exactly? What does it mean? Like to our audience, they're listening to this like, what, what, what are you guys talking about? Well, as they maybe or maybe don't know, we're from Canada. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're, uh, so yeah, for, you, for those of you guys who don't know, we're from Montreal and uh, it snows up here. It does. And uh, yeah, we have four seasons, <laughs> although it's more like uh, winter and not winter. Those are the only two seasons we really see, I think, mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So right now it's pretty, it's pretty white outside. Although it was nice out today. It is. It's so mm -hmm. sunny and beautiful. Yeah. I went for yeah. a walk today. It was good. It was really good. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I went to Ikea. Fun. Okay. No. Off track. It. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> off track. No, it was. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I so, I mean. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, there's lots of snow on the ground. And I thought it would be a perfect opportunity to, you know, discuss cars in the winter as we're an automotive podcast, mm -hmm. uh, kind of go through, you know, what our experiences are um, and uh, just some tips and tricks, maybe uh, just discussing various automotive related, winter automotive related stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So uh, do you guys have your winter tires on? Yep. I would if I had a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest. My yeah. dad takes care of the uh of like the appointment setup and so I actually don't know what, what day what day is it that you're actually required to uh to have winter tires? I think I don't know if it's just a Quebec thing. Um I know for sure okay, so I know I know you have to have them on, on December first. So on December first, if the police see somehow if they see that you don't have your winners on by December 1st, um, they could find you, they could pull you over they could find you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the date you have to have them on until March 15th at the minimum. So you have to have them on for a good four months. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, and, and yep. So what's the difference between let's say winter tires, all season tires, summer mm. tires i guess yeah so winter tires are just for winter as the name kind of implies mm -hmm. um, but how all come? season like is it better in yeah. ice or yeah i mean so it depends so you can buy different kinds of things right um there are studded tires of course i mean i so tires are my my exact theory of expertise and i'm sure there's a lot i don't know but like uh in general like you can you can buy tires more suited for um like ice and some that are more suited for like deep snow which are closer to like mud tires and stuff uh because the channels like on the tire like on the tread kind of just promote better flow um of snow like they're often like thicker as well uh and the kind of the pattern that's on it as well dif differs from like if you're if you buy something more made for like deep snow versus something that's more made for like a montreal winter which is very slushy and icy mm -hmm. Um, but those are big differences. Um, 
Yeah, and then, uh, but yeah, I don't know when they introduced these laws, but like the 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 time limit on them and the um, the no all season tire thing. Also, uh, I think they came up at about the same time, mm-hmm. so we're not allowed. So I don't know about the rest of Canada, but I know in, in Quebec, we're not allowed to have all season tires either. So I know when some of you guys maybe listening in on in the from the United States or elsewhere in the world, you can use um, all season tires. Let us know where you're from and if you're allowed or not and all season carries can do everything as well right they're not they're not made for deep snow i actually have all season tires so my my wrx actually when i bought it it's actually from the states i got it at an auction here um i guess some guy crashed it here and Mm -hmm. sold it and i bought it on on an auction um but the it actually came with all seasons and uh, I can't drive in 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 the winter. I'm in the winter, so they became my uh, my summer tires because they were still fine. They're still they're not bald or anything. Um, but yeah, like they're like if I look at them, like you look at uh, if you look at the tread pattern and you look at um, some of the other characteristics of them, they're they're definitely not made for deep snow. And mm-hmm. so obviously, if you have something that if you're if you're going off-roading in general or if you live in a place with very deep snow if i live in yukon i would not buy these all-season tires right they're they're going for very specific tires up there you know so as opposed to here like we're like i would like you know we could go into it a little bit but like um people talk a lot about tire width as well in the sun in the winter um and what does a lot of people say yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- it's so weird with the lag because like I'm sure you you know if we're if we're in front of each other, I could pick up on your your like intonations, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and I know when you're gonna start talking. Right. Um. Yeah. So what was I saying? Uh, the width of the tires. What does that even mean? Like, I understand it's the width of the tires, but yeah. um, like why why does it matter? Um. In general. Um, a wider tire um, gets you more contact with the road, right? Okay. So you get more contact, you get more friction, mm-hmm. you get more uh, traction, mm-hmm. and therefore you could generate more force. Okay, so winter tires have a longer width. Generally, people tend to go for. So this is a mis. This is kind of like the nuance. I would say. I would say in general, you do want a narrower tire. In general. Okay. Okay, um, we'll go into specifics uh, in this in a minute, but in general, you do want a narrow tire. That's a general rule of thumb, I would say, in most places mm-hmm. under most driving conditions. Mm-hmm. So because you have um, a narrower tire, mm-hmm. okay, back up a, a second. Your, your vehicle has a certain weight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a certain geometry, yeah. right? So track width is the width between tires, or the width of the tire between the tires. It d- determines your your dynamics and your wheelbase, which is the, basically the opposite one. It's the kind of the front to back wheel distance, okay, between your traction between your like the the, the center of the wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So though, so the weight and those two dimensions, kind of in general, and the height of your your center of gravity, kind of determine your dynamics in general, okay. Um, and that determine, and so those things also determine, um, how much weight is on each individual wheel. Okay. So in, and depending, and depending on, you know, if you're, if you're going, if you're cornering and, and stuff like that, uh, your weight distribution changes, so you get more force 
on some wheels than others, but we'll just keep it simple. So you're going, you're driving straight, right? You have a certain, depending on your geometry, you have a certain weight on all four tires, right? Mm -hmm. um, that weight will, if you're going straight, that weight really won't change much as long as, you know, there's no bumps and stuff. Yep. Um, and the force that's kind of applied to the ground, um, so that that's pretty much constant, right? So we take that as a constant and the contact patch you have is kind of an area, right? And uh, force over area is pressure, okay? So force divided by, we're gonna do math here, force divided by area is pressure, okay? So if you have a larger area, uh, you have less pressure. Okay. If you have less area, you have more pressure. Mm -hmm. So you have- That's why narrow okay. tires are preferred. In time. winter, yeah. in general, that's why. So if you have, yeah. So basically, like for the for like for a given, yeah. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to go into too much confusing stuff. But if does that does that kind of make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. So if ever I get my G wagon and I need to put on winter tires, I should go for the okay. more narrow one. <laughs> in general, and this and this is gotcha. in general. I'm saying in general, right? Mm -hmm. um, but here's the thing, right? We live in Montreal. We do. And ours and our winters are not deep snow. So the narrow retire is best for deeper snow. Mm -hmm. Deep snow, um, because you can kind of so it's a little narrow, you kind of cut through it, right? And then you sink more. With a wire tire, you're kind of floating because you have less pressure. Mm. Right. You have the same amount of force, right? Your wheels are are have the same amount of weight on them. Right. And if you're not like and if you're not pushing down enough you're not moving any snow. So you're not mm -hmm. getting any traction. You just, you're just spinning. That's what happens when you get stuck. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but so like I said, we live in Montreal and, uh, our winters are pretty varied. Like we do have some deep snow that happens. It does happen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I would say that's not your enemy that your enemy is because it's going to suck when you have to get out. Like when you, when you're parked on the street or whatever, right. You have to shovel yourself out. It kind of sucks. You might spin your wheels, whatever, but that's not the end of the world. I would say, cause you have to shovel anyways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, you're yeah. stuck. You know, for those of you in Texas <laughs> who didn't know this, uh, they, they figured it out pretty quickly. Mm. Um, you're if you have to shovel yourself because, like, you know, the plow pushes snow onto your car, you you can't just pull out of your spot. You're gonna have to dig yourself out, make yourself a little path. Right, you're shoveling anyways. But what your real enemy is is in Montreal, especially is ice and slush. Right, because you could right. you could slide. Mm -hmm. Right, and if you're on ice, let's say you're on, you have, you know, like you're driving along, you there's some black, black, uh, black ice, right. It's ice. You don't see it's thin. Mm -hmm. It's, it's on the road, right? Like, it's not like you're, you can't really plow through that. Right. There's nothing to displace. It's just thin ice lying right on top of your asphalt. Right. What's better, a thin tire or a wide tire? Wide. Talking about, talking about there, there you go. Right. So in general, you got it. I say in general because, but then at the end of the day, a thinner tire, like because because if you're because most cars could fit only, um, most people stay with a certain rim size, so like a 17 inch rim. Um, most rims only fit a very narrow range of of tire widths. Like if you have steel rims, like people call them steelies, they're like the ugly bear, like basic rims. Mm. Those could generally only fit like up to 225, and down to minimum of 205. So we're talking about 20 mils. Which is 20 millimeter difference is what's that? That's 10% of, that's a 10% difference, right? It's not, 
you know, you're not making or breaking yourself really in mo in the the peak, the the very specific peak cases is where it makes a big difference, right? If you just had that 10% more in those cases, right? Those are the cases where like, oh, if I just had that little bit more, right? Those are where like you're talking about those cases where that, that makes a difference. But in general, for most people driving every day, not really gonna make a difference. So do what you will, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just saying that you know people often talk about like I went and bought new tires, uh, new wheels and tires, new rims and tires. Excuse me, for my WRX this year. I spent the I I, I you know I went as cheap as possible. Um, I bought them new, but I went as cheap as possible for new. It cost me about a thousand bucks, you know. Uh, but I got some pretty nice. I didn't get basic steel rims. I got basic steel rims, but they were a little fancier. But they're pretty basic, you know. They're not nothing branded, nothing special. I the it's winter, you know, you, no one's going to see them. No one cares. Right. Mm -hmm. I just wanted something a little bit more, a little nicer looking. I actually wanted something wider because I just want a, a good wide looking stance on my car. You know, that's, that's mm -hmm. that just aesthetically, I kind of like that, you know, and I know it doesn't really make a difference. And I go to this place called laser auto near here, near where I live. Um, but I'm talking to the guy, uh, the guy I was talking to, you know, we just had a bit of a discussion and he's like, Oh, you know, you just want to stay a little bit now or for winter. I'm like, yeah, but you know, we have a lot of ice and in general, it, you know, that's a, a little bit wider won't hurt, you know, get more traction, right. Get more grip. True. And, um, yeah. um, so we did hear some crazy news in Texas. What happened exactly? So I, I, I don't know a hundred percent actually, Anthony, do you? So, um, well, one of the things I'd like to mention is here in, here in Montreal, we get, we get snowfalls of like upwards of 20, 30 centimeters of snow, um, which is, it's unusual for other places. And so, mm -hmm. so for us, it's like, okay, no big deal. We've got like uh, snow clearing trucks. They usually come at night and clear all the snow for us, which is, it's pretty good. Uh, we, we have had, uh, snow days though um i remember in high school we had like two or three two or three days where there was just so much snow that we couldn't go anywhere um but for for other cities uh other places um they're not usually prepared because generally the weather like they don't get snowfalls like that so what happened recently in texas was um they had a really big snowfall now i don't remember how much exactly uh maybe uh uh, one of you, one of you could look it up, um, real quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is they, they just weren't prepared. The, the, uh, just everything was not, was not made for it. Like plumbing, electricity, mm -hmm. it's just, and it's not, it's like, uh, it's not, um, uh, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, but I mean, like, it's, it's understandable that they weren't prepared because like, they're not used to it. They're not, not, no, like they don't get snow like that. Um, yeah, but their infrastructure is not built for it either, right? No, like... exactly, exactly. And um, so basically what happened was a lot of places, like a huge area uh, in Texas, just um, their electricity cut out, like the, the snowfall was damaging the power lines. Um, mm -hmm. So I, have, I actually have some friends who uh, were caught in this uh, storm in Texas and they went to go uh, uh, stay with their parents uh, temporarily because their their apartment just had no no water no electricity and it's um you know what can you do at that point you know you've got to like um what yeah. was it i think the uh, the government basically said yeah we need to we need to turn we need to close the water and uh, you really need to just uh, evacuate uh and so that's oh, oh wow on right now yep oh my mm -hmm. wow mm -hmm.
That's and just to, I just just to put in, I just I, I just found the numbers. So apparently, I'm gonna put this in perspective a little bit for for everyone here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anthony mentioned that we we get often often we get mm-hmm. about twenty to thirty centimeter snowfalls here in Montreal. We get I would say a good three of those a year. I would mm-hmm. say at the you know that's a fairly conservative number. Uh, we often get we sometimes we get more, sometimes we get less, right? But I would say on average maybe three snowfalls a year of that magnitude. 30 centimeters, just to let you know, is 30 centimeters just under a foot. So 12 inches, just about. Mm-hmm. Um, the most Texas got in uh, one of the cities, uh, the city I found according to, what is this, NBC, the city I found that got the most was Gun Barrel City. Don't know where that is. Shout out to Gun Barrel City. <laughs> they got uh, nine and a half inches. So nine and a half inches, if I convert that, That's is, thank you, Google, nine and a half inches, 25 centimeters, 24 centimeters. Hmm. So we get, they got, they got destroyed. Yep. <laughs> it goes to show you, you know, the power of, you know, like how, how much of, you know, of a role cars play in our lives. And, you know, if you, you know, if you don't, if you're not prepared, even, you know, infrastructure wise throughout the whole city, they weren't prepared for this, mm-hmm. you know, and then they, if they can't clear the snow, they don't have plows ready this, you know, to clear the snow, you know, here in, in Canada, we have another place that's snow, you know, we have plows clear the streets, you know, before we even get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're ready, you know, uh, they're not always great. Like they're not always on point, but they, you know, they, it happens, you know, fairly quickly, honestly. And it's not the first time something like this has happened. Like I know, I think it was in France, they had a huge snowfall maybe last year or a couple of years ago and they were freaking schools were shut down all this stuff. Mm. Even Ontario, I remember they had a huge like snowstorm. Oh yeah. And they went crazy too. Like there's police on the street. It's insane. But it's cute. Like we just read this and we're just like, oh, poor you guys. (laughs) This is so normal for us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we suffered through that already. It's like we we know what it's like to be uh, overrun with snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess that's why. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I guess that's why we're we're prepared with all our winter tires and all that. Exactly helps Mm -hmm. you know uh actually like so just quick story so um a couple weeks was it a week ago or two my neighbor so i I, so uh, you guys know kind of how i live right there i I kind of have like a like my driveway shared with my neighbor Mm -hmm. and my garage is face is perpendicular to my driveway so if you're coming, if you're driving straight out of my driveway with your nose, my car's nose facing uh, out of the door, mm-hmm. I have to go out and so I have to go straight and right to get up my driveway. And my neighbor would have to go straight and left. So we share a driveway. It's wide enough for both of us. Um, and so, like, you know, it, it comes with its own set of challenges, right? Like I clean my side, they clean their side or, or not. Mm-hmm. They don't. It's kind of annoying, but uh, it's okay. Um, anyway, they're very nice people, you know, I, I, I count on them kind of thing. Right. Um, so the other, la- the other two weeks ago, um, I get, we, you know, we had already gotten a pretty one or two heavy snowfalls by then. And, um, I get a ring a Saturday morning at my door and I was like, Oh, who's that? You're not expecting anybody, especially pandemic. Right. And you're not even, we're not even allowed to have guests. And, um, I go over and. I, I look at my monitor and it was my neighbor. Okay. So I go down. I, she's like, Oh, uh, you know, I, 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 I backed into the driveway and 
I kind of slid down the driveway, but I'm on your side. I'm kind of blocking your garage door. Um, and I can't get up the driveway because of all the snow, because mm-hmm. they didn't clear their snow. Mm-hmm. So they, so she kind of like angled the car. I don't know how this happened. My car was on my side. Somehow she managed, so she got on her side and then somehow she backed up more than she had. She, she usually did or whatever. I guess she slid again, winter, it happens. And she couldn't drive up with her, you know, it's a Corolla, right? Front wheel drive. And, you know, they just, she just couldn't get the traction to push herself out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, whatever. I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I'm a good Samaritan, you know? So I was like, okay, you, you can stay, you know, you can, it's fine. She, Cause she basically asked me if she can leave the car there for until her son comes back and he'll, he'll get the car up. I was like, okay, fine. No, no worries. In my head, you know, I'm thinking, two hours by the afternoon she'll be gone the next afternoon um he they're still there i'm like oh god and i guess they had kept trying to get the car out so the car by but so when i looked at the car initially the car was you know halfway kind of down the driveway the car was in front of my garage door so i couldn't even take my car out by (laughs) you know by the next step so i'm guessing you know they tried and tried and tried i I couldn't really i can't hear anything so i'm assuming this i'm assuming it I'm assuming they, you know, they kept trying and, you know, just kept slipping down. Lucky the car was not facing down. It was facing up. So um, they were kind of, so when I, ha- when her son came, finally decided to waltz over and get the car out, um, I was able to help them. I, I, I salted all their wheels, you know, just trying to get as much, you know, melt That's as much nice snow as you. possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were also blocking my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yes, very nice of me. I'm a good guy. <laughs> so much uh, for yeah, you know, in a good light. Yeah, no, no worries. It's fine. I don't mind being the bad guy. Um, no, but yeah, you know, I, I, I had to help them, you know. So mm-hmm. there, there, there's that aspect too. But mm. yeah, so we, we managed to get the car out and he thanked me sort of. He gave me a wave. I was like, okay. <laughs> Well, here, here, that's pretty much a thank you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, winter, you know, it happens. You got to kind of band together a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? I had to to get out of my driveway uh, yesterday, um, and my dad suggested, Mm -hmm. oh, you should maybe clear the snow. It's uh, Well, because there was a little bit of snowfall yesterday, but I was Mm -hmm. like, nah, I don't need to do that. And it took me uh, two or three tries Mm -hmm. to actually get out of my driveway. Oh, I'm just like, oh, okay, running start. Let's do this. Yeah, your uh, driveway's pretty steep too. So if you you're plowing through your garage door, right? Yeah, essentially. Um, so I mean, I like, it, I really just needed the running start. And actually, I, I I was looking outside today, and you can see the marks where uh, where I got stuck because uh, you can oh. you can actually see the driveway again. <laughs> Those oh marks. man, yeah, you just. Yeah, you 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 just dug your snow out, you know, with your car, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, so you got to be careful with that though. My driveway. There you go. Yeah. You have to be careful with that though. I I've seen people uh, burn out their transmissions like that. Like, it, it's oh. not a big deal. Like it, it, unless you're 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 wailing your gas and you're literally spinning your wheels like nuts there. Like, oh yeah. If your car's cold and like your uh it's kind of old and your 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 mm. gearbox oil is like uh very old and you haven't changed it and mm. lots of factors kind of add up but you can you can overheat your gearbox and you can cause some damage mm. but like that's 
I don't even think that's a possibility these days. I think you're, you know, your all wheel drive systems and traction control and everything else that'll kick in and it'll get you out. That's true. I, yeah, for me, I have front wheel drive, so it was, uh, not, not so useful that time. Actually, a question for you, Chris. Um, is it better to, like, if your car's been parked uh, outside for a while and it's really cold, is it better to start the car, uh, let it sit for a bit to warm up, and then go, or just go right away? I mean, in general, again, I'm not a huge, I'm not like, uh, don't, don't take my word for 100% there. Yeah. But I, so what I do is I often let my car warm up uh, 30 seconds, mm. you know. It's definitely not good to go just like turn it on and go unless you have an electric car it's a little different right yeah. but you know you, you give your give your oil time to heat up because often i mean so the oil you put in your car is specced for your your geogra geographic location because uh, otherwise you're it's just like fro it freezes right or, or it's very thick it's it's honey right it's like not mm. it's not getting everywhere it's not coating things not lubricating because the whole point of oil is to lubricate your engine. That's the main function of your oil, right? Mm -hmm. Engine oil, gearbox oil, every oil, yeah. it's meant to lubricate. So if it's not flowy, if it's not slick, if it's not liquidy, mm -hmm. it doesn't flow easily and flow well, you know, your oil pump might like might clog and it's gonna work hard. It's gonna, you know, you're, you're, you're gonna wear your oil uh, pump, your pickups are, you know, are gonna be clogged and it's not gonna flow well. And your engine's not going to be lubricated and you're going to wear parts and you're going to, you know, hurt your engine and it's not good. Right. So, but in general, again, your oil is made to flow at very cold temperatures. Right. So even if you kind of start and go, it's not the best, um, but your engine will heat up very quickly. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. because your engine management system knows it's in a cold, it's in a cold, it's a, it's a cold start and it'll, it'll take the appropriate air fuel mixture to, uh, to run at that, at that temp, at the, at those, at that temperature, right. Okay. Um, and it'll work itself up to a point where it's comfy and it's happy and it'll stick there. Um, but just know like, yeah, you know, like you're, you are wasting fuel technically, mm. um, from that point of view, it's not good for uh, the environment, obviously, yeah. uh, for your wallet as well, because you're burning fuel. You're basically not converting it very well. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So it's less efficient um, if you just do a cold start right away. Yeah. So, you know, give it a, give it a minute. I would, okay. in general, give it a minute, you know, 30 seconds, that kind of thing. Just let it, just let it warm up a tad. I know growing up, my mom used to always like warm up the car for like five minutes at least. Yeah, mine too. Just to be sure. <laughs> It takes a while for, because your engine, when you're idling, you're not actually, like, you're not running the car, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. like, the, like it's not running under load. So you're not, like, I think the main thing is, like, my mom used to do that too, right? And I think the main thing was you just want the cabin to get warm, right? Yes, <laughs> mm -hmm. definitely. You want the cabin to get warm, you want your windshield to defrost, like, mm -hmm. and that all comes through your, your heating system, right? And uh, basically, if your car is not warm enough, it's not really going to generate that heat. And it kind of generates that heat by driving at higher speed. So a little bit of a higher RPM. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to get that higher RPM if you're not driving. So a little bit of a catch 22. So basically you let it idle for a, like a 30 seconds for the care, for the, for the, the, the mechanical sympathy you feel for your engine, you let it warm up for like, you let it run for that, but then you drive it to kind of get things moving a little bit faster for you. Like mm -hmm. I would say, cause otherwise you're going to sit there for a good five minutes, legit. You like, you will have to wait five minutes. Mm -hmm. 
things just take time. Heat transfer yeah. is not the fastest thing. It's yeah. just the known. It's just physics. It doesn't take. That's not that quick. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah. out of curiosity, for electric cars, like how do they perform in the winter? Oh, um, he's just like Q and A with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of the uh, topics that I I wanted to bring up. Um, okay. So for my phone, my cell phone. Uh, just to kind of bring in some context. Um, uh, for my phone, the battery is kind of old. So once I get once I get to maybe 50% or less uh, and I'm outside and I'm trying to do a bunch of stuff, it will actually just shut down now. In the cold, right? In the cold, yeah. Because it, yeah. um, cold affects batteries. Uh, it affects the chemistry of the batteries. Um, so I don't know exactly how it works, but basically the battery can't, it can't efficiently uh, provide enough power to the phone. And so I wanted to talk about this because for pure electric vehicles, it does, it does, the cold does affect the, the batteries. Um, so I did some reading. And so basically what happens is it's the battery, like a, a battery in a car is not the same as a, a battery in a phone, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't just randomly shut down, but it does become less efficient. So the article that I read, um, from uh, carandriver.com um they said uh a car about an electric vehicle that uh can do like 250 kilometers uh or miles i forget which one it was uh on a charge uh, mm-hmm. 250 units on a charge uh in cold weather will do about like 20 f- percent less so it'll, it can only do like yeah. 200 uh 200 miles before yeah. it just shuts off completely. yeah before it powers down okay. and you can't use it anymore yeah okay. so that's that's just kind so it's, of hmm? it's about 70 percent as of as efficient of uh, for a given yeah yeah exactly so that's, so that's something to keep in mind if you have an electric vehicle and you're and you're driving in the winter um and you won't get the same uh, mileage as during warmer warmer temperatures Yep. oh that's interesting mm-hmm. Yeah. Would that deter any of you guys away from getting an electric vehicle? Yeah, um, for me, yeah, because um, the you don't get a lot of mileage on electric on pure electric vehicles anyway. Um, so you're really you're really limited to driving around in the city. Um, like I know for sure, like I like going on camping trips. So electric ve- mm-hmm. vehicles are just kind of a no go because they don't have um, charging stations like all over. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, unless you're in the city. So like to be concerned. Yeah. So me, I would I would probably go for more of a, a hybrid vehicle. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Totally. I, I I kind of agree with Anthony. Yeah, for sure. I like the infrastructure has to be there for adoption right so that's what tesla's doing they build their electric charging station there and they're and they're and they're very good they put them everywhere right they put them everywhere that's that 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 financially makes sense for them obviously they, mm-hmm. you know um they have to make money but they provide their you they provide their their clients with what they need right so kudos to them for that i mean but you know the gov- there's lots of incentives the government's putting their up their own and mm-hmm. You know, it's getting there, but it's like the gas stations, right? Like they, they have to, they weren't there. To, they weren't just naturally there, <laughs> right? That's right? true. People have to build them, right? So it, we're getting there for sure. It's it's going to happen. But uh, yeah, to Anthony's point, I, I'm not, that's why I'd ideally have a couple of cars, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
like day to day for sure electric makes a it makes so much sense you know and they're and they're so performant like performing performant they're very well performing yeah right uh crazy torque crazy like you instant torque through like at any speed you could just freaking destroy anything right so what is a torque what what is a torque <laughs> <laughs> torque is kind of like uh it's kind of like the force you apply it's twisting force yeah yeah it's twisting force so think of a punch right there's a certain amount of force you can move a certain amount of like let's say i punch let's say i punch anthony right <laughs> that's not nice <laughs> all right that's not nice that's not a good example let's say let's say okay let's say um let's say i can pull let's say like i you strap me down to something right and i can pull 20 pounds right Mm -hmm. just give you a number um that's kind of like the load i can carry mm -hmm. linearly right so if i'm dragging a, a stone block a 20 pound stone block across the ground um i have to generate a certain amount of force to do so mm -hmm. and it'll take a certain amount of power as well yeah. mm -hmm. power is force times speed okay so it's a measure kind of how much uh, so force is kind of just like the, the, the strength required. Right. And power is kind of like how fast and, or, and, or how, what, uh, how much force over time you can kind of deliver. Okay. Now, if you, if you kind of take that analogy and you apply it to rotation. So if you're right. So if you have, if you're turning around, uh, if you're, uh, if you're uh, like, yeah, tightening a bolt or untightening it that's your the force you're applying to the wrench that's that's the uh, that translates into the force applied to whatever the bolt that's mm -hmm. that's torque yeah okay yeah. rotational so, force so i guess torque for a car is like that kind of twisting force is being applied in the engine right or yeah, yeah. so for, yeah like, turning uh, the wheels and stuff yeah. yeah. So like, you know, you talk about people talk about uh, like there's different kinds of sort of not measurements, but there's different places at which you can measure force and power, mm -hmm. uh, torque and power, excuse me. Uh, so people talk about crank torque, crank power. People talk about hub torque, hub power and uh, wheel torque, wheel power. Mm -hmm. What people really often talk about is at the wheels, right? Because you want to know how much uh, generally when you're speaking about a car, you want to know how much torque and how much power you're applying at the wheels to the ground mm -hmm. to get you moving mm -hmm. um so yeah so so you have so at the wheels would mean you know what you're applying to the ground yeah to get you moving and uh i whacked my my mic here <laughs> and um at the crank is kind of how much your engine can deliver so mm -hmm. your engine like outputs to a shaft right in general and then your, you know, your your shaft kind of goes into your gearbox, and your gearbox to your to your hubs, and then the hubs are attached to your wheel. Hmm. So there's like lots of things in between, yeah. and uh, everything kind of has a force. You know, it has a mass. Sorry, so it has weight. It has you have to overcome that kind of. It's called what's called inertia. You have to overcome what it what it wants to do. So mm -hmm. mass doesn't want to move. You have to keep. You have to spend energy to move it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and everything along that chain has inertia. And it all takes some force. So the crank is def is the highest number you're going to get. 
and everywhere along the chain, you're going to lose a bit because everything is going to take a bit of, of torque and power to, uh, to, to get moving. Mm-hmm. And then your wheels is going to be the lowest number. So yeah, torque is basically how much force you can apply to the road in a twisting motion. And the power is the same, but how much um, energy per time hmm. your kind of strength, your force per time sort of thing, yeah. you're, uh, you're applying to the road. Okay. Anthony, I didn't mean to punch you. I didn't punch, I didn't punch you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apology. I was, just, I was just looking at the, at my screen. I'm like, what can I punch? <laughs> Can't punch my screen, but, you know? Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Uh, going back to electric cars, that could be uh, something we could talk about in the future is uh, whether there is the environmental uh, impact. Because um, I know, because actually one of the things about electric cars is what happens to the batteries after they're no good anymore. They don't always get yeah. recycled. 100%. Mm-hmm. True. How? What's the lifetime of uh, electric for, battery? Oh, for I don't know. For a car battery, I have no idea. Um, okay. I'm not sure either. Let's, but let's it's, it's in terms of charges for a future episode. Let's save that for yeah. a future episode. Or if anyone knows, uh, let it, let us know. Yeah. In the comments. It's in terms of number of charges, guys. Cycles. That's true. Yes. Just letting you know. That that I think I knew, but I forgot. I Hint. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So, yep, yep, yep. So for for winter winter driving, uh, one of the issues um, we have to we have to worry about is uh, the the rust that we get from all the from all the snow and water effect uh, mm-hmm. kind of affecting our car. Um, mm-hmm. But for rust proofing, that's that's so that's that's a thing that like uh, you can go to like a mechanic for, right, Chris? Um, I don't know anything yep. about rust proofing. I know like you, you can you apply something to the metal. And it stops the oxidation uh, reaction. Well, not stop. I thought it, it was like a. It. I thought it was like a clear paint kind of thing think, that they put. I think yeah, that sounds right. But it's like a. It, it's a. It's like a rubbery thing. It's like a rubbery, pasty, disgusting thing. It's, <laughs> it's gross. If you get it on you, you, you feel gross. It, it feel. It's like almost like. Um, I kind of want to, it looks kind of like, like very brown honey and it kind of, um, it's rubbery Hmm. almost like after, like after kind of hardens, it becomes kind of rubbery. Right. So it does. So coat your car. Yeah. So like uh, a mechanic or a rust proofing, um, shop, they'll, they'll basically have like a canister. It's basically like they're painting your car, Hmm. the underside of your car with, uh, with this rubberized coating. That basically protects the bare metal, and, and then, they're going to avoid all like the exhaust, hmm. uh, anything that gets hot. They're going to avoid because it's going to it's going to smell hmm. when it heats up. But uh, yeah. you can you can apply the rust proofing to yourself to your uh, to the car yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have if you have if you have space and uh, you have the yeah, because you don't even there's no, there's no tools. I mean, other than like everything you need to jack up your car because you can't unless you have a truck, you can't really get under there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, as long as you could jack, if you have the required tools to jack up your car safely, uh, you just, you know, you could go to any, most automotive shops, uh, not, not, not garages, like a most automotive, um, like if you go to like in Canada, if you go to like a Canadian tire or something like that, most shops that sell kind of hardware type things, they'll, they'll have 
uh, undercoating in a spray bottle, in a, in a, in a, in a can. What do you call those? The, the spray can? Spray cans? Yeah, yeah spray cans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can just buy one or two of those. I think even one might do the job. I'm not quite sure. And uh, yeah, they're like maybe 15 bucks, 10 bucks. I don't know. Hmm. You can do it yourself. But if you Easy. if you do do it yourself, um, and you do you do it, let's say you accidentally spray a part of the car that gets really hot. Did you say it it, it just smells right if you like start using? It'll water? just smell. Okay. Yeah, like I mean, because it, it's it, it's gonna happen. Like it's not dangerous. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming. Anyways, like don't go smell it. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna be there anyways when it heats up, right? But uh, no, it's gonna smell a bit. It's gonna burn off. It's gonna mm. gross. Right. Then it's a waste of it's a waste of the coating, right? Yeah. And uh, how long how long does it last usually? Can you like rust proof and then leave it for for like four or five years or something, or does it last longer than that? Maybe last. Uh, best practice would probably be to do it every year. Oh, that's basically okay. But you don't. But th here's the thing: like in general, you don't have to. It's just best practice, right? So like, if you want to be a hundred percent sure every year, you're the most protected possible. Mm. So if you buy a brand new car, for example, like I would do it every year. You're buying you're buying something for upwards of you know twenty thirty forty fifty thousand dollars. You know, fifty bucks doesn't really matter at that point. Yeah. But it's time. It's also time. You know, like I I, I understand. You know, people don't want to go to the garage and get it done. Yeah. But if you go to you know if you, if you're going in for a tire change, oil change, checkup. Have that in the routine. It's oh, not yeah. a big deal. It's fifty, you know, it's fifty bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, you know, in the garages they have you know they have. Um, they don't have, they don't do it out of a spray can, right? They have sort of like more, more of um, like a painting sort of machine. So they have like, mm -hmm. um, like a pressure hose this. or something. Yeah, basically with a canister, and they fill up the canister with like with with the with the compound, and they they spray your car, and you know it's very quick and easy for them to do. You know, they just they just the car's in the air anyway. It's on the lift. They're just gonna spray it. Oh, so what are the risks if you don't rust proof your car? Like if you if you like live in like live in Montreal, let's say snowy Montreal, and you know, you decide, ah, oh, I'm not gonna rust proof my car. Let's just leave it for the rest of its lifespan. Mm. What like does it, it I it'll rust faster, of course, but uh how much faster? She's oh. got a question. Oh, she's got No, I was gonna help no no question. Um how you can answer his. How much faster will it rust without the? Uh, there's no number. There's no number. It it's depends. Just, it will be. It will be. It will be faster though. That's... Uh, if you if you okay, if you look at for a given for a okay, if you were gonna go buy a car, yeah, you know, and exact two same like two different parallel universes, right? They're parallel. If you have a universe where you buy a car. Same car, everything happens the exact same way. You drive your car the exact same way, mm -hmm. uh, but in one universe you rust proof it, and the other universe you don't. Mm -hmm. Chances are, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it will rust faster. But that's because you're when you're driving, you're kicking up rocks, you're kicking up all sorts of nonsense, mm -hmm. right? It's whacking your it's whacking your car, um, and you know, I mean, these days, I'm, I I don't I don't quote me on this again, but I'm I'm fairly sure most manufacturers apply coatings to the underside of, to all their components that are on the underside of the car, mm -hmm. whether that's a, in form of a, like a thick clear coat paint, or maybe it's some kind of a, a light undercoating or whatever it may be. 
Um, they code it somehow in general. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they've they've done they've started doing that recently. Yeah. You know, so so there so there's some kind of basic protection, but the thing is with water and everything, uh, rain, it, it's going to get washed off. It's going to get um, eroded. Full, eroded. Yeah, the, the thing, it's just going to start running off. And, you know, once that's gone, your metal's exposed. And it's just a matter of time before, you know, you get some water on it and then you get some salts and then you create that electric reaction. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's how rust forms, yeah. um, oxidation. And, yeah, you know, so that's why, you know, it's not 100% that it's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus yeah. less resale value, all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, you know, and it, it doesn't, and rust doesn't discriminate, right? If your car is brand new, it doesn't mean it's going to rust less, less quickly. Mm-hmm. Metal's metal, right? You know, science, physics is physics, no matter what. The science mm-hmm. doesn't lie. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would say in general, you know, do it here and there. I, you know, if your car is older too, like... I rust proofed my car once, my WRX, I have it, you know, it's 2010. It's, it's already, when I got the car, it was, it was, I got it three years ago. It was already, uh, it was already, what, seven, eight years old by then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in pretty good shape. Um, the other side, I mean, so I, I rust proofed it at that point. But I have, I don't do it every year, but that's because I don't, you know, it's not, I know for me, it doesn't really matter as much as if I bought a brand new car. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Well, I think... That is the end of the podcast today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. Ooh, yeah, we're pretty much at time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at This Motors Official, Facebook at This Motors Official, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Patreon at This Motors. This Motors. Just This Motors. Just stay, this motors. stay safe, just... Texas. Uh, yeah, seriously. Sending you good thoughts. All the good thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.